And uh, I tell you what I was thinking of, uh, just as the choir was singing just a few moments ago, I came and brought a message with me to preach, but I'm going to be honest with you, I've got one verse of scripture uh, that's just been lingering on my heart this morning, and so I'm going to just give you this verse of scripture from the book of Ephesians, chapter number 5, and uh, you can turn there if you want to, or you can just, uh, uh, you can listen either one, but it'd probably be good for you to turn there, Ephesians chapter 5, and uh, just going to give you this verse, this is the thought that's on my heart. And I scribbled down a few things on the back of the church bulletin during Sunday school. And uh, this is just what God, I believe, wants me to preach this morning. But in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse number 17, uh, the Bible says, Be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Now, you know, the will of God is the most important thing in all of our life. I came this morning with another message and had prepared it and studied and was going to preach on it. But just sitting there, the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart and said, I want you to take this verse of Scripture and this is what I want you to preach on this morning is the importance of the will of God in your life. Amen? The importance of the will of God in your life. Now, I'm not just preaching to be preaching this morning, uh, but I really feel impressed by the Spirit of God that this is exactly what the Lord would have for each one of us this morning. I think every one of us can know the will of God and every one of us should know the will of God for our life. He said, be not unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. I wonder how many of us sitting in the house of God this morning really knows the will of God for our life. When you think about the will of God this morning for our life, I want to say the will of God involves precepts. Amen? And what that means is is that you and I, if we're ever going to find the will of God, we have to be in the Word of God. Now you'd be amazed at how many people this morning uh, that will tell you that they uh, know the will of God based on how they feel or based based on circumstances that has or has not happened in their life. But I want to tell you this morning, the will of God is not based on how we feel. Can I get a witness right there? The will of God is not based on circumstances. You say why? Because both of them changes throughout our life. Circumstances come and they go. Our feelings come and they go. And so my friend, if you and I are ever going to know the perfect will of God for our life, it has to be built on the precepts of the word of God. I think the number one question this morning in all of our life concerning the will of God is this, is whatever God tells you and me to do, we'll be able to back it up with the word of God. And when God speaks to us about doing something in our life, he'll always give us a verse of scripture that will be confirmation as to what he is telling us. And that doesn't mean that when I want to do something or when I believe something is the will of God, uh, that Brother George, I go looking for it in the verse or in the Bible. Uh, Because you see, you and I, we can take scripture and we can twist it and make it say just whatever we want it to say. But I'm talking about when you're just waiting on God and you're praying and you're minding your own business and God takes that Bible and he takes that heavenly highlighter and he highlights that verse of scripture and he tells you and he speaks to you and he gives you a word or he gives you a promise, a precept for the will of God for your life. You know, every time I found the will of God in his book, it was times when I wasn't looking for it. God spoke to me through his word. I'm saying this morning that the will of God involves precepts. Don't ever do anything without having the precepts or the word of God to back up what you're doing. It may be a good thing. It may be a right thing. It may even be a scriptural thing. But if God has not given you that verse of scripture, then you are to wait on God. I want to say it involves precepts this morning. Then secondly, the will of God involves providence. Amen. 
You know, when you think about the will of God this morning, God has to work his will into our lives. What that means this morning is that you and I do not have the capability of doing the will of God without the Lord's help. Can I get a witness right there? If you've got to do something just to, to make things happen, if you've got to work to make things happen, or if you've got to, uh, you've got to uh, turn events for things to happen, I promise you that's not the will of God for your life. You see, the will of God involves providence. In other words, uh, uh, God will go to work on your behalf before uh, you know the will of God. God will allow certain things to fall into place. Uh, he will do certain things in your life and mine. The providential hand of God is always at work in our life. You know, you didn't get to this church by accident. You got here by providence. If every one of us, and we don't have time for that this morning, but if every one of us was to tell our story as to how that we landed in this place, the one common denominator amongst all of us is that none of us planned to be here. You might be here and say, well, preacher, I was born in this church. Well, you definitely didn't plan on being here. Amen. The will of God involves God's providence, God's hand. I have seen people uh, want something so much in their life that they work the circumstances out themselves and convince themselves that it was the will of God. Hey, friend, that's the wrong hand turning the events. Uh, whenever God's doing something, he will make things happen. Amen. The providence of God. I remember when I came to this church, somebody, before I came to this church, a preacher called me one day and he said, hey, have you ever heard of Bible Baptist Church in Rossville, Georgia? I said, no, I hadn't. He said, do you know Berman Cape? I said, I don't know Berman Cape. He said, well, your pastor preached uh, two or three revivals for Berman Cape. He said, why don't you call your pastor and, and get your pastor to call the church and, and turn your name into that church? And I said, well, I said, you know, I said, if God wants me in Rossville, Georgia, I don't have to call nobody. I said, God knows where I'm at and God knows where they're at. And I mean, I really meant that, but I didn't know this church or that man. And Brother Charles, I told him, I said, I'm not gonna do that. If God wants me in Rossville, Georgia, he'll contact them and, and they'll, they, they'll call me. You know what, about six weeks later, they called and, uh, and the rest is history, isn't that right? But you know what that is? Uh, that's the providence of God working in your life. Now, I'm sure I could have called my pastor. My pastor would have called the church, but I'm glad it worked out that way because I know that was of God. I'm talking about it involves providence, it involves precepts, and then it involves prayer. How many people today make decisions without earnestly praying concerning the will of God for their life. People marry and never pray, is it the will of God? Only to find out a few years later that, that they married the wrong person. Uh, they have children without ever praying about it being the will of God. Now, I'm not to the belief that just whatever happens, happens, amen? And I've seen people in church that say, well, I really don't know how many children uh, God wants us to have. Just however many we have is however many we have. Hey, friend, listen, I don't work on a puppy system. Somebody say amen. Isn't that right? If you pray about buying a car and you pray about buying a house, shame on you if you don't pray about having children, amen? Is that not a major decision in life? And I think that God gives us the common sense and ability to seek his will in prayer about every matter, whether it be big or whether it be small, but if it is the will of God, then friend, you ought to pray and pray constantly for God to reveal his will in your life. I see people... A lot of times they, they will make decisions based on what their friends say rather than praying 
and hearing what God says. You know, you can do a a good thing, but if it's not God's will, if that good thing is not a God thing, uh, then listen, it will not be ever blessed the way that it was supposed to be. And you will never know, and I will never know if a good thing is a God thing if we don't pray about it. Amen? We have to seek God's will. And the Bible teaches that. Over in uh, in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33, the Bible said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things shall be added unto you. Do you know a lot of things in life will just fall in place if you'll get in the center of God's will? God will do things for you and for your family and for your children and in your life. Life is never easy, but let me tell you this, life can sure be a whole lot easier in the will of God than it is out of the will of God. And sometimes uh, when we seek the will of God, do we really pray? Do we earnestly ask God? Do we earnestly seek His will? Do we want to know what He thinks about it? Or do we just have our self-will? If we think it's a good idea or we think that it's what we want to do, But what about what God wants for our life? You know, there's things I'm praying about this morning that there is no doubt that they're good things. But the question in my mind is, is it God's will? I remember Brother Charles one morning we were going to, we went over here in the old building, right here at this organ in the old building. And we was going to sign some papers to build a church. You remember that? And me and you and Brother Jack Middleton and and uh, I can't remember uh, how many deacons was there that morning, but we met to, to sign papers and, and to build this church building and, and the church had already agreed to, uh, to, to how much money to spend and, and to build the building. And I'm telling you, I, I was troubled all night about that. And I got there that morning and I thought, man, this architect's going to be mad. I mean, this is just, what am I going to tell the church? What am I going to tell the deacons? But the only thing I, I mean, the, I knew we needed to build, but yet... I didn't have peace about this. And I got there that morning. We had been waiting for months to, to do something. And I'm telling you, sometimes the pressure, if you're not careful, sometimes you'll make a decision based off the pressure that's on you and you'll make a wrong decision every time. So I got a car that morning. I said, you know what? This is going, this may, I don't know what this is going to do, but I, I, just can't, I just can't do that. I got there and I said something to Brother Charles. I said, Brother Charles, I said, I don't have peace about it. And I remember as soon as I said it, you said, I don't have peace about it neither. And God has spoke to his heart and, and, and spoke to Brother Middleton and, and, and whoever, I don't know how many deacons was there that morning, but none of us had peace about it and none of us had talked to each other, but every one of us had talked to God and God had made his will known. I'm telling you, listen, I may be slow sometimes in making some decisions, but I just want to be sure that what I'm about to do is God's perfect will for my life and for this church and for your life and you have to do the same in your life and in your schedule. I'm telling you, friend, you will never find the will of God. God if you don't have a prayer life. You'll make decisions based off a a whim and a chance and everything else and miss God's will for your life. The will of God involves precepts, providence, prayer. It involves patience this morning. I'm going to tell you, if you're going to do God's will, you're going to have to be patient. You're going to have to learn that God don't work on our timetable. You can't get in a hurry. You can't just, because circumstances change, you can't change. And I'm telling you, I have seen people get in a hurry uh, and make a quick decision because they just felt like they needed a change. You ever met people that just always have to have changes in their life? You know, if you serve God, you're going to have to learn to be patient. 
I've not mastered patience this morning. I hate to be patient. Hey, don't you hate to just wait? But I'm telling you, I know sometimes I'm seeking the answer. I'm praying. I'm asking God, please, God, show me. I'm ready to put it in gear and go right now. But oftentimes and more so than not, God has you on that wait in that waiting room. He has you in that gear where it seems like you're ready to go forward. But God knows it's just not time. And God is teaching patience in our life. You've got to learn to wait on God. You got to learn to just, just be steady and be still. And sometimes you might be here and say, "Well, preacher, I've been waiting a month. <laughs> I've been waiting six months. You know, six months seems like a long time. And I'll tell you, there's sometimes I've waited years for God's will." There's something God did in this church that I, I was thinking about this morning and, and I want to elaborate on There was something that I was praying about and, and, and God had put it in my heart that he was going to do this and so I started praying about it and I believed God was going to do it. But I thought God was going to do it in the next month or the ne- uh, the, the, uh, maybe in two months or in three months. But you know what? It was 13 years before God ever did it. Sometimes... God puts things in our hearts, but it doesn't mean it's today. It's His will, but it's not today. It's not tomorrow. Young people, you hear me. The reason so many young people marry out of the will of God is because they're not willing to be patient. Amen. You don't need to have 49 boyfriends and girlfriends. Somebody say amen. You should never date somebody without the intentions of marrying them. Isn't that right? You shouldn't give your heart. Now, I know that goes against secular and uh, worldly theology, but I'm not, I don't really care about that this morning. I care about one thing. These young people find in the will of God. And it's, listen, you'll not have a boyfriend every time uh, somebody turns around. If you've got a different boyfriend or a different girlfriend, hey, you've got a serious problem, amen? You need to wait for God. Uh, listen, you need to pray. And in God's time, when God knows you're ready, God will send the right person in your life. You've got to be in a hurry about that. I see a lot of adults do the same thing. I'm talking about it it requires patience for our life. And then it requires persistence. If you're going to do the will of God, you have to persistently pursue after God. You see, you can't find the will of God just half in and half out. You can't find the will of God uncommitted. You can't find the will of God not reading his word. You've got to be persistent in prayer, persistent in Bible reading. You've got to be persistent in church attendance. You have got to be persistent in your daily life. And if you'll be persistent, God will show you his will in his own time and in his own manner. I've seen people miss the will of God because they just simply gave up. They quit praying. I know a man right now that's out of the will of God. If that man was in this church this morning, he would stand up and tell you that he's out of the will of God. And I remember sitting down here in Fort Oglethorpe at Wendy's one, uh, one afternoon and this man was telling me all these things that had transpired in his life, these circumstances and boy, I mean, how much, how much better he was going to financially be blessed and how it was going to benefit his life. And, and, and I was sitting there listening to him and all the while he was telling, talking to me, the Holy Ghost was saying, it's not my will, it's not my will, it's not my will. And I let him tell the whole story and he told about, and I could see it, he, he was trying to convince me that, you know, when you've got to convince other people that it's God's will, you're not too sure yourself. 
He was trying to convince me that this was God's will for his life. I let him tell the whole story. When he got done, I said, let me ask you one thing. And I called his name. I said, can you honestly tell me that this is the perfect will of God for your life? It's going to pull you out of church. It's going to pull you away from the church that God has blessed you. It's going to cause you to uproot your family and move to a place where you've already told me there's no good church to go to and get under the word of God. Do you believe that's God's plan for your life? Because it is a will, but it ain't God's will. See, the devil has a will for us tonight, this morning. He dropped his head and he couldn't answer that question because he knew the answer, but he looked back at me and he said, Preacher, this is my chance and I'm going to take it. And I knew the minute he said that, Brother Grant, I knew that, that there was nothing else I could say. And I said to him, I said, Well, I said, listen, I'm going to pray for you, but I said, I, I, wouldn't, be, I, I wouldn't be worth my salt if I didn't tell you the truth. And I said, the truth is, if you walk out of this restaurant and you do what you tell me you're going to do, I said, you're going to get out of the will of God for your life. I saw that man six years later at a funeral. And he dropped his head at that funeral. And I said, how you doing, brother? And he, he dropped his head. He said, my life, I've, just, I've made a mess of it. Well, I feel sorry for people. Because I know tonight, this morning, that I'm capable of the very same thing. I'm telling you, listen, God gave me orders when he put me in this place. And for me to leave this morning, it would have to be as real for me to leave as it was for me to come. He would have to do something. His providential hand would have to move things in my life. And I know that he could do that. I'm just using that as an illustration. There are other things, other things that we could use as an example this morning. But I'm telling you, the will of God is the safest place in your life. The will of God is the most blessed place in your life. And you better be very careful about how you treat the will of God. You better be very sensitive. And if you're not walking close to God, for heaven's sake, don't do anything. You'll miss it. Remember one Sunday night preaching in this church? I preached on the will of God out of Acts 27. Three couples was in the altar that night. Three good couples in this church. I have gave that illustration here before. All three of those couples are out of church tonight. All three of those couples, or this morning, all three of those couples, their lives are in shambles and divorce and wreck and their children are ruined. You know where that started at? It started with one day when they just thought that this was God's will to go somewhere else or to do something else. And you know, the, I, I begin to realize, the further, the longer I've served God, I begin to realize the judgment of God, sometimes the hammer of God's judgment falls very quickly, but most of the time, God will allow a person to go their own way and he will, their life will self-destruct on their own. You know why that is? It's because that they will not look up and say, God, you did this to me. It's so that they can look back through the different choices that they've made since they made that one bad choice, that one real pivotal point in their life. It's so they can look back and see all the things that has transpired since them that has brought them to where they're at. It all started with just missing the will of God. Friend, I'm telling you, if you want to find God's will, you have to be, it involves persistence. And then I want to say this, it involves people. Hear me well this morning, the will of God involves people today. What I mean by that is, is that God puts people in all of our lives to help us with his will. I believe that if you're a young person here this morning, God has given you parents uh, in your life that will guide you. God has given you parents in your life. And if you will listen to your parents and if you will do what your parents say, you can find the will of God for your life. 
You know that verse in the Bible, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Why is that right? Do you know why it's right for children to obey their parents? I'm going to tell you why it's right. Because it's God's will for every child is to obey your parents. And if you will learn at an early age to just do the will of God in your life and obey your parents, guess what? That obeying God's will now and obeying God's will where you're at here will lead to the will of God. But if you become a rebel, if you go against your parents, if you create your parents' problems, if you're, you say, well, preacher, you don't know my parents. Hey, listen to me this morning. I had a lost daddy and a lost mama, but I remember this growing up. At least God gave me enough sense to obey them and to do what they said. And I'm telling you, I don't believe I'd be where I'm at today if I'd have been a rebel, even in a lost home, my life would not have got better. It would have got worse. Thank God I had parents that believed in belts and hickories. Somebody say amen. They didn't believe in time out and they didn't believe in pills and they didn't believe in, you know what they believed in? Just bending you over a bed and wearing your backside out till the smoke alarms went off real good, amen, in the house. And when they pointed that finger at you, you knew they meant business, amen. You don't know how many times I have thanked God that I lived in an era where parents still believed in corporal punishment and disciplined their children. And my parents didn't talk to me to find out why I did what I did. Yeah, they didn't try to reason anything out. You did the crime, now you're gonna do the time, amen? That's just the way it was. I still believe that, and I know that really doesn't fit well with some of y'all that's got higher education, and, and you know, you like to figure out what possessed or what motivated them. I'm gonna tell you what motivated them. The world, the flesh, and the devil, friends. And a good belt to their backside, I don't care if they're 17 years old, will put them on the right track every single time. My daddy told me before I left home, he said, son, I love you, but if you ever disrespect me, he said, doesn't matter how old you are, he said, I'll wear you out. Amen. He said, why are you preaching that, preacher? Because we have a rebellious generation that I have seen it more times as a pastor than I could count. Yes, they will waller in sin, grieve their parents and put gray hairs on their head and wrinkles in their eyes and then have the audacity to blame their parents as if it was their fault. And please pray for me, but that makes me want to pull my belt off every time, brother lady, and just wear them out. Amen. I'm just telling you, that's the generation that we're dealing with today. And if you're ever going to find the will of God, if you're a young person that is serious about finding the will of God, God gave you those parents and no, they're not perfect. And no, they, and yes, they have made mistakes, uh, but you've not raised children yet. You don't know how hard it is. Uh, you've not been where they're sitting at trying to work a job and pay bills uh, and raise a family and do what's right and keep your head above water until you've been there. Just get behind your parents and obey what they say. And God will bless you for that. But God puts parents, God puts a pastor and a preacher's wife in people's life. You know, I'll tell you this this morning. I, I don't, you know, I had a pastor, he called me one day. He said, you know, a man came to me and asked me how many children that he thought God wanted me to have. I said, what'd you tell him? He said, I told him, I don't know. You know what I told him? I said, none. <laughs> Amen. Because anybody that would ask that ignorant of a question don't need to have offspring. Somebody say amen to that. <laughs> Is that right? If he ain't no smarter than that, he sure don't need to be bringing children in this world. They're not going to be no smarter, I promise you. I told him, I said, I'd tell him, don't have one. But you know what? I don't think, 
I don't think it's that a pastor, he don't know the will of God for every single thing in your life. Don't come ask me some crazy question like that. Or, you know, you can come and say, preacher, I'm praying about buying a house. Would you pray with me about buying a house? And I'll pray with you. And listen, if you only make $500 a week and you want to buy a $500,000 home, I can pretty much take the Bible and tell you that's wrong. Amen. But that's just common sense. That's just math. I don't care if you're from Alabama or Murray County. You can figure that out. Amen. But I'm telling you, friend, listen, when you think about the will of God, God gives you a pastor. No, I listen, I don't know everything and I'm not perfect, but I do have one advantage above everybody else in this room. You know what that is? It's when you come and ask me or ask my wife something, I don't always know the answer. But God will help me to give the right counsel. Do you believe that this morning? I don't, and if I don't know, I will honestly tell you, man, I don't know. I'm going to pray for you. But I tell you what God will do to a pastor. He'll give a pastor that insight. I don't know if it's God's will for you to change from this job to the next job. I, I can give you some counsel and pray with you. But I tell you, there has been times. There has been times, hadn't there, Brother Dwayne, when the Holy Ghost spoke to me and said, go tell him, don't you move. And there's been other times when people said they were moving. The Holy Ghost said, just let them go. You see, what I'm saying is God puts people in your life. Don't go to friends. Don't, you say, well, I've got this good friend that I've got all this confidence in. You don't go ask your friends. You look at the, 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 you look at the biblical authority that God places in our life. I, I remember, I remember as a, as a young man going to my, to, to my pastor and I said to him, I said, preacher, I've been praying about doing this. What do you think about it? He said, let me pray about it. He prayed about it for two weeks. He came back. He said, you know, he said, you got to make the decision, but I'm just telling you, the Lord spoke to me and he said, he doesn't believe that's, I don't believe that's your will, his will for your life. You know what? I didn't do that. And I've never regretted it one day in my life. Brother Lady, I was so convinced that that's what God wanted me to do. But thank God for a preacher that would pray for me. Thank God for a preacher that had a word. Thank God for a preacher's wife that'll pray and will have a word. I'm telling you, friend, a lot of times we make mistakes because we don't look at the people that God has placed in our life and put around us. It's so easy, listen, to, to dismiss those things in our life, but they're there for a reason. I'm not preaching something I've not lived. When I came to this church, I was 23 years old. Do you think at 23 years of age that I had all the answers? Thought I did. The older you get, the more you realize, the less you know. Isn't that right? I wouldn't embarrass nobody, but I think God put Charles Roach in my life for a reason. At 23 years of age, I love you, Brother Charles. I think you'll get a crown in heaven for having to put up with me those early years. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you, the multitude of counselors, their safety. And God just gives. I didn't have a pastor no more I could go back to, but God gave me, he's not a preacher, but God gave me somebody that I could seek counsel. And I appreciate that this morning. I'm not preaching something that I've not lived and that I don't still practice. I still have these men, these deacons this morning. This is not a deacon run church, but at the same time, I want to tell you something. I appreciate every deacon in this church. I believe they're godly men. I believe they're spirit filled men. 
And I'm so thankful this morning that when we sit down once a month and we gather together, I'm so thankful that I don't have to make the decisions of this church by myself. I'm glad that I've got men that will pray with me and will pray for me and we can talk and we can seek and find the will of God and everything don't always go my way. It don't have to. We're seeking one, one will when we come together. Is that true? We want to know what God says about it. We want to know what God wants to do. How many times in our life have you just got on your knees and said, God, what do you say about this? What do you want me to do? Whether it be a job, whether it be raising a family, whether it be your children. I'm telling you, if you'll just seek the will of God, he said, if you'll seek me, you shall find me. God knows what's best for all of us. But my friend, God places people in our life to do his will. And I'll close with this thought this morning. Do you know this morning that you can be in the will of God and still not do the will of God. I have seen people in church that I believe it was God's perfect will for them to be in this church. And they were in the will of God, but they weren't doing the will of God. How much stronger could Bible Baptist Church be today if everybody in this building was doing the will of God, in the will of God? Quit looking over the fence and seeing what's out there. And seek God for what's right here. I'm telling you this morning, there was a lady that one time that said to me, she said, Brother Gravely, you think Bible Baptist Church is the only place that you can be in the will of God? I said, for you, absolutely, 100%. She said, why do you say that? I said, because God saved you. He saved your husband. He saved your children. He saved both your brothers. And he saved your father right here in this place. I said, and you don't have one biblical reason to do what you're going to do. That's truth today, isn't it? The will of God. You see, in the will of God, being in God's will, it not only protects you, but it protects those that are with you. Lot was... With Abraham, Abraham was in the will of God. And because Lot was with Abraham, guess what? Lot was protected as long as he was with Abraham. In Acts chapter 27, one of the most horrific storms that's ever been recorded in all the pages of the Word of God, we find those men in Acts 27 going through the storm of their life and the boat is going to be utterly destroyed and torn torn into all kinds of pieces. But yet God spoke to Paul and he said, Lo, I have given all them that sail with you. You know why that is? Those men's life was spared because Paul was in the will of God. He had to be brought before Caesar and God had spoke to him and that's why Paul looked at them and said except you abide in this ship you cannot be saved you know why because God was with Paul and Paul said anybody that'll be with me because I'm in the will of God can be safe in the storm Hey, mom and dad, you want your children to be safe in the storms of life. You better be in the center of God's will. You better do God's will. You better stay with the man of God in the will of God. There's safety in it this morning. I wanted my kids, I asked God, I wanted my kids to grow up. I said, Lord, this may not be your will. It's not always for everybody. But I said, Lord, if it would be your will, I'd like to raise my kids in one church, in one old-fashioned Bible-believing church. I would like for there to be consistency in their life. That was, that was important to me. 
Brother David, that one thing this morning, I love this church. Please don't misunderstand me. I love this church. But I made my mind up years ago that my children and my family was the most important thing that God had ever given me. And I have watched pastors abandon their homes for the ministry. And I didn't want that. I wanted my my family to grow up in the ministry and love God. And I didn't want to do like... And I know God has a different plan for some people, but, but I don't think it's for as near as many as what this happens to. But I, I wanted my children to grow up in one church. I wanted, them to be, I wanted them to know what it was to be consistent, to be faithful. Now, they all may leave tomorrow. God may direct them in other areas of their life. And if so, that doesn't change the will of God for me here. Isn't that right? It doesn't mean that that's always going to be. They're grown now. But growing up, I saw. I felt like it was important to raise them with some consistency in their life. You can't never find the will of God ping-ponging around all your life. You got to learn to stay some places. And I know things happen, and I understand. I'm not, I'm not scolding everybody for that, but persistency. In the good times and in the bad. You'll be amazed at how when things, you hit a dry spot, how the devil will offer you something that will look like God's will for your life. It's a counterfeit, friend. God honors faithfulness this morning, doesn't he? What is the will of God for your life? And then secondly, are you doing that will? I wonder as we stand this morning, many more things we could say, be not unwise. I think for 2017, the most important thing for all of us is that we stay in the center of God's perfect will. I've seen husbands get their whole family out of the will of God. I've seen wives get their family out of the will of God. Lot's wife destroyed their children. So important this morning. The will of God oftentimes is so simple that if we're not careful, we can complicate it and we can so miss it because it's something that other than what we would rather do rather than God, God wants us to do for our life. Be not unwise, but understand. Understand this morning. Much of the will of God can seem mundane, ordinary days. Quit looking for the spectacular. Quit looking for the extraordinary. Jesus, 30 years in a carpenter's shop and growing up in Nazareth, the greatest plan, the greatest will that was ever performed by the very Son of God. He didn't come here and go straight to Calvary, but for 30 years, He lived an ordinary life in an ordinary place, unseen, undetected by this world, because that was God's will for His life. Just learn to be consistent. Learn to be faithful. Why, Brother David sings, if you need to come, you mind God this morning.